Well, we are going to talk about apologies, and I'm guessing there are a lot of people listening who have an experience with this. Either you've been the person who has apologized to somebody, things unraveled and got worse from there. Maybe you've been the receiver of an apology, and it was one such as the classic when someone says to you, I'm sorry if what I said made you feel bad. It's not really an apology. Well, what is the best way to apologize? How do you do it in a way that everyone comes away from the scenario feeling a little bit better? Well, a Toronto author and a psychologist who has just written a book called Do Good to Lead Well, The Science and Practice of Positive Leadership is joining us now to talk a bit more about this. Craig Dowden is on the line with me. Craig, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, This is just one part uh, of what's touched on in the book. But when we talk about apologizing, uh, people, I think, are quick to often throw out an I'm sorry. Uh, But when we break it down, what is the best way to apologize? Yeah, I think it's really interesting that uh, in terms of how to effectively apologize, oftentimes when I ask people, well, how do you feel about somebody who apologizes to you? They'll say, it's great. It's fabulous. I have more respect. I trust them more. And then when I ask them about, well, do you apologize to other people, people often think, oh, well, I'll probably look weak or incompetent. So it's, it's a really interesting kind of juxtaposition. And how we apologize effectively, there were three, there was a really fascinating study done where they looked at and broke down apologies, and there are three core characteristics. Number one is to actually say the magic words, I am sorry or I apologize. We could say or talk or write a 10-page email about how much regret we experience. There's something magical about saying the words, I am sorry. The second component is to actually offer a form of compensation. Now, just to clarify, it doesn't mean how many Starbucks cards am I going to have to buy you to make you forget about this. It's really around asking the other person, what can I do to rebuild this relationship so that we can move forward positively? And then the last one, and I love that you touched on this in the opening, is to actually take responsibility. So a lot of times what we'll do and when people offer apologies is they'll say, well, you know what, I know I said X, but I was under stress at the time. Or I know I yelled at you at this meeting, but you just told me the project was behind. So fundamentally, we're not taking accountability for that apology. And the worst possible way of doing it is, is to say, I'm sorry you took it that way, which basically means to the other person, I'm sorry you're so incompetent, you had no idea what I was talking about, so now I have to actually explain it to you, at a, at a dumb it down for you. Uh, yeah, and I think people often see right through that and realize that's not an apology at all. For sure, absolutely. And then so what ends up happening is, is that, and the evidence is very clear, when we deliver an effective apology, people forgive us more quickly, the level of trust is elevated, our level of respect is elevated. And what happens is, is that if we authentically apologize, then people will say, you're the type of person I want to build a stronger and deeper relationship with, because now in the future, if you do something wrong, and we're all going to make mistakes, you're someone who's going to own it. You're not going to put it back on me. You're not going to throw me under the bus. And then what's also really powerful about that is that other people tend to respond in kind. So they will own up to their mistakes as well. So it's a very powerful relationship enhancer. 
Is there a risk, though, especially, and I'm thinking of, uh, say, a workplace example when one person is in a management or a, a higher up position. Uh, if the person is known for constantly apologizing, is there a risk there that you become the person who uh, you do bad things or you cross that line often because you know all you have to do afterwards is apologize? You're raising a really great point, and one of the most effective ways to deliver ineffective apologies is to apologize and then immediately thereafter do the exact same behavior and say, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Or if someone is literally saying, I'm sorry, constantly without any awareness and or interest in how to move forward and change that behavior so that you just every single situation is just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So it quickly becomes a meaningless gesture to other people. So I think that's something that's very important to recognize. Uh, And do you find too, are people reluctant to apologize in that it opens up, I mean, it admits that you did something wrong, uh, that that you might be in in a scenario then where where there's a liability or or, or you're perceived as, as being the weaker one? I love that you're bringing this up. So there's this fascinating study uh, where they looked at physicians. So, And one of the primary pieces of advice that they say to physicians is, you know, don't. And it was in the U.S. It was like, don't apologize because you open yourself up to legal, uh, to liability issues. And what the researchers found, in fact, was that when physicians did apologize and own up for their behavior, their patients were less likely to sue and seek compensatory damages. So I think this is, again, incredibly powerful because what people are looking for is for us to actually take ownership for the behavior, and then we're more forgiving because we're all human and we make mistakes. So what we're looking for is the other person to own up to that. So once again, a really interesting kind of barrier to engaging an effective apology or delivering one. In fact, it has the opposite effect. People are much more forgiving when they do it, and when we hold on and assert that we didn't do anything wrong, then they want to seek action against us because they want things to be right, that pursuit of universal justice. <laughs> uh, you mentioned earlier, too, one of the uh, the best ways, uh, the things to do, the things not to do, uh, the not justify. What if someone feels, though, that in the scenario, we'll use a scenario that maybe somebody raised their voice at somebody or was very short with somebody, and you're apologizing for doing that, but there were other factors in that uh, maybe your kid was homesick from school, your car just broke down, and, and it was kind of the perfect storm of everything went wrong. Uh, could you not use that to justify in that, I know I yelled at you or I was short with you, but I'm sorry. Also, I was dealing with all of this other stuff. Another awesome, fantastic question. And what's really powerful is around word choice. So I'm sorry I yelled at you, but. And there's a lot of work done that as soon as we say the word but, essentially what it does is invalidate what precedes it. So what you can do, and again, it's a, it's, it's a more challenging dynamic is to say, I know I yelled at you and I'm sorry, and I had a sick child at home, and so I'm not justifying the behavior. What I'm attempting to do is let you know. Now, once again, the, the challenge is if you, even if you use and rather than but, there can be the sense from the other person that you aren't taking accountability. So, in fact, the most effective way would be to apologize and later come back to that and say, well, I just wanted to revisit what happened the other day. It's because it's something that I recognize within myself, and here's what was going on and personally, and I should have let you know. So once again, it separates the apology in the moment from a revisiting and the explanation and still enables you to acknowledge it. And what's important in that space 
is that you're still not throwing the responsibility back. You're saying, upon reflection, I recognize this about myself, and I wanted you to know in case I'm short again, so please let me know so that I can dial it down. And what, what about, I mean, obviously, I, I think we apologize. We know we've done something wrong. We apologize to somebody to help uh, deal with it and move on. Uh, what if you've given somebody what you think is a perfectly good apology and the response is, I don't accept it? Well, and, and I think, that, so a couple of things. Number one would be, well, what, will, what would you need in order to accept that apology? What's missing? What else can I do? What else would you like to hear? Now, what's important about opening up that up through a question is that you, are may, you may or may not agree with what the person says. They should say, well, pay me $500,000. So what, it's unlocking the conversation and continuing to have the discussion, and then also recognizing that at a point we all have the right to be able to say, well, I appreciate where you are, and in fact, I just feel like that's over and above and beyond what I'm prepared to do and close the conversation. Asking the question, though, can be really powerful because there may be a particular word they're looking for you to say. There may be a particular incident or a, or a segment of that exchange that they may want you to acknowledge. So once again, it unlocks a deeper analysis of it so we can really understand where the other person is coming from, and they'll appreciate that we're inquisitive, we're curious about where they were, rather than saying, well, I just apologize, shouldn't that be enough for you? Because that can spark more conflict and someone thinking, well, did, did you really mean what you just said? And what if we're in a scenario where both people involved maybe crossed a line and apologies on both sides are justified? Do you get an upper hand being the one that does it first? First, uh, lovely. And, and it's really the principle of reciprocity. So what's great is is that, uh, and Marshall Goldsmith, the top-rated executive coach in the world, has called apologizing a a magic move for leaders and for all of us. And it's because if we lead the conversation first, it's really interesting in the work that I do with executives. Sometimes someone will say, well, Jill started it. And then I'll ask them, well, what would we say if one of our children said that? And then they would say, well, you should, you know, grow up and accept and let's move the conversation forward. So by actually stepping forward and saying, I apologize, I'm sorry for what I did, it maximizes the chances that the other person will appreciate the leadership role that you took, and then they will apologize in kind. Once again, that reciprocation. All right. Well, interesting, interesting points and uh, and uh, facts and such when it comes to uh, the the correct way to offer an apology. Uh, we'll have to leave it there. Craig, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. This was really enjoyable. I appreciate uh, the time to uh, chat with you.